G'day guys and girls and welcome back. This is part two of this week's podcast where I'm here with the extended bench mailbag and as per the first part, we're, uh, we're joined by Brody again. You, uh, you ready to answer some questions, mate? I'm ready to cause some drama. All Let's right, go. all right, all right. <laughs> I, want, I want some really divisive opinions from you. Um, we've got a, uh, a two-part question here from Nick um, and he's wondering, uh, now that you have had two weeks to stew on your top 20 keeper list... Any changes you wish to? Well, he says any changes you wish to made, but uh, I think he, he he's wondering if we want to make any changes there. Um, and he is also renowned for being a poor typer, so I think we yeah. us knowing that. <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit. That's so, just the um, Nick. okay, so uh, Matt and I uh, we put together our top twenty list for keepers. Should um, I read it out? No particular under twenty two. Have it, or do you want me to just go the changes that? Mate, if I tell you what, where if you want to uh, to read out what you think the changes will be, I'll tell you what Matt and I discussed. Let's about go. This. You go first because it's right. your list. All right. So basically, Matt and I had a bit of a sit down last week because obviously we couldn't do the podcast. There were some uh, technical issues. The <laughs> technical issue being that there was no longer a studio to record in, <laughs> unbeknownst to us until we walked into it. Um, so uh, we had a bit of a sit down. We had a discussion, and we thought, look. This is our list. It took us a long time to put it together. And we're not going to change this week by week. You know, if someone goes on a two-week tear, averages, you know, 105 or something like that, like a Ben Ainsworth, um, someone like a Connor Blakely, obviously, if he has a month of going 120 plus, you can put these guys in and out of the list so regularly. Um, and I don't want it to become like a rolling top 20 yeah. um, youngsters who are under 22. Because it's just not something that we want to update every week. So what we are going to do is we're absolutely going to revisit it at either the end of the year or at the start of next year for season 2019. And there will be a lot of movement up and down. There'll be a lot of a few guys falling out, a few newcomers coming in. But no, we, we, we're pretty happy with the way it turned out. And uh, while there are a couple of contentious choices, we will uh, we'll definitely look at uh, making some changes when we have a bit more information. So either the end of this year or the start of next year. But obviously, as a listener, you're a, normally a listener of this podcast. You you must have a few thoughts. Yeah, I'm not going to go through the list again because that's another podcast we oh, could yeah. just be doing and we've already and, and gone please, 87 yeah. minutes on the first and, and please, make sure you uh, you jump onto our uh, our uh, SoundCloud or iTunes and have a little bit of a listen at the, uh, the top 20 keeper list for players under 22 if you haven't already. It is a great listen and it's very applicable until the end of yeah, the year. Yeah, I really so. enjoy it. Stop listening. Stop it right now and then go and listen to that one, all right? <laughs> and, and then come back to this afterwards. And then you'll hear me vent about it. So it's Ab- the perfect storm. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I think, honestly, um, I'll get my positive comment out the way. And that is, I think you guys did a really good job with the list. Right. I actually, I had probably 17 of the names you guys had on there. I would have put in my own list. Yep. So similar opinions. Um, the positioning themselves, we could jostle with all day. And yeah, again, it's going to take too long to do that. Tough. So the main thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give the three guys I would take out yep. for the three guys I'd put in. In no particular order. Gotcha. Yeah. So, the f- actually, and one more bone to pick. Let's start the arguing right now. Yeah. Braden Fiorini at five overall. I just, I can't get behind it. Okay, I'd have him maybe 19 or 20. I kept him in, but barely. He hasn't done enough. <coughs> he's he's played about 13 good, 10 good games in his career. He's been perennially injured. He 
is not that good a player also. He's a pure fantasy guy, which is a huge plus for him. That's that's the thing. He's a huge fantasy guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, players like Tom Mitchell, players like, you know, off oh, um, Toby McLean, I, I suppose that's a little bit unfair because yeah. he is, he's been a better player. But, um, you know, a lot of these great fantasy guys... They're not, as we talked about in part one, they're not the best footballer on the park. It's true. They just know how to find the ball. They know where positions to get Mm -hmm. to. um, And they know how to get cheap possessions as well. So uh, so he's not the the best player on the park. And I don't think he's ever going to be. But he's going to be a fantastic um, AFL fantasy footballer. Yeah, the thing about him is he's been in and out of that team. He has been dropped before, even when he's scoring well. Um, and I, with if these are the top twenty guys who are in their what the first three years or four four years in the league or something, you want to be taking absolute proven commodities or mm-hmm. guys you're very very confident will get to a high level. Fiorini, I kept him in my top twenty just because of that upside. I see the merit, mm-hmm. but to take him at five ahead of Alex Witherden, a, a guy who's averaging close to ninety in his second year, just some other names: Angus Brayshaw, already a top six back; Tim Taranto, Luke Ryan, Andy McGrath, um, Tim English, and Darcy, who are great rucks; yeah. Charlie Kerno, who looks to be one of the best forwards of the, over the next ten years. I just can't justify it over any of those guys I just mentioned. It's it's tough because I could, and I could sit here and argue the, the minutiae of every single yep. one of them. Like, particularly Andy Brayshaw. I, I definitely, sorry, Ang- Angus. Angus yeah. Sorry, Angus Brayshaw. But I also... Angus Brayshaw wasn't in the list, actually, because sorry. he's over 22. Oh, um, wait. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Andy was... McGraw. Andy McGraw was the one I mentioned. Sorry, sorry Andy yep. McGraw. Um, uh, I, I definitely think that Fiorini's going to be a better prospect than Andy McGraw. Um, and I, I just feel that... Braden Fiorini, the ability that he has in fantasy football, um, he's going to be one of those players that can average 110 plus through the midfield. I have no doubt in my mind that that's what he's going to do. Some of those other midfielders and some of those other backs, while they are going to be very good, I think that he's going to be one of the top fantasy footballers for the next, you know, in two Mm. years, three years. Uh, everyone is going to have him in their side. And the, the reason I have him in the top 20 is because I can't rule that out. Because mm. what he's shown so far is a very, very good scoring mm. history. Um, I don't rate him that much as a player still. And I think there's not it's not conclusive that he's going to be in that Gold Coast midfield uh, eventually. See, see, that's the other thing for me. Uh, he was dropped a couple of times last year in yep. his second year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the key thing. He was dropped a couple of times. He came back, played long periods of time. He was locked into their best 22 at the start of this year. He wasn't dropped once this year. No, he wasn't. And he's been injured. And he will come straight back into their best 22. So that's the thing for me. Yeah, I agree that he was dropped last year. But um, this year, he was definitely locked into their best 22 for me. All right. There we go. Get, Next on, one. get on to your other All changes. Right. So Jacob Hopper, I had out. Yep. Hasn't gone at above, I think, 80 on a year average. Mm-hmm. And... He's in his like what third or fourth year. Yep. In Connor Blakely. Yep. Ninety plus back for the last what twenty five games. He had to be in there. I he don't was, care who, an whose mention. expense it is. Yeah. Yep. Had to be in there for mine. It's he's a top ten back already. So and he, he's under twenty. Like yeah, I don't know what more you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Um. Next, Callum Mills out. He's been terrible ever since his first year. Yep. He has actively regressed from a fantasy perspective, and now he's out for the year. So we've now had two years of Callum Mills being fantasy irrelevant. And the guy I've brought in, Hugh McCluggage. Yep. He's gone 100 the last two weeks, shown huge fantasy chops. 
Um, I think you compared him to Pendlebury in the first part yeah. of the podcast. He's very good, very good. Very good outside player. I think he will accumulate over time. And then the last one I've got out, you are gonna, you are really going to disagree with this. Ooh. Christian Petrarca out, mm. Jaden Stevenson in. Oh, tough. All right, yep. So the reason for that, Jaden Stevenson, front runner for the Rising Star. He has to be head-to-head with Cam Rayner, in my opinion, um, for best fantasy player this year. You had Rayner in there. Mm. Stevenson's going to be a forward for a long time. And eventually, he's going to be a very, very good half-forward wingman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shown the ability to rack up in the past. He could keep forward for most of his career. And he's already averaging 66 in his first year in a great situation. Christian Petrarca has not been startable. Oh, this is the first year he's been startable in draft leagues. Mm. And he's only going at 76 in a very good situation and he's a forward. Eventually, he's going to be... He, if he keeps forward the rest of his career, he'll be a good player. But if he loses forward, I don't know if he's that good a player where he's he's not going to average over 95, I don't think, at some point. Or, or 100, at least. So, I just think Petrarca <coughs> is a much better real-life player than a fantasy player. And I think he hasn't got quite enough runs on the board to be in there at this point. I'd be taking Stevenson with his huge upside. Interesting. I, I like all of those points, and don't get me wrong, all those guys were watch-listed as well. Um, the uh, Stevenson, for example, haven't seen enough of him. He's been very, very good this year, but he's but played Rainer for six months. was in there. Rainer so, was in there for a yeah. very different reason. We know what Rainer is going to be. Stevenson, while at the moment he has been incredible, he is a very X-factor player. And... The other thing is, while he has had a smooth run of it so far, that you can't discount the issue of that heart problem. You you can't discount it. If okay, but if he if Collingwood had enough faith to take him at pick six mm-hmm. overall with a heart problem, I'd like to, I'd think that that heart problem isn't a concern it's, whatsoever. It's, it's a very if you've got Ang, Angus Brayshaw, I will go back to. <laughs> he actually was in the top ten definitely, and he's got way bigger concussion issues than Stevenson's heart problem. Yes, very, very true. But Angus Brayshaw has also shown what he can do over a much longer period of time than Jaden Stevenson. Like like I say, if there was one player that was definitely going to be in this list from last year's draft, it was always going to be Cam Rayner for us. Like I, Matt, Matt and I discussed that. Yeah. And we, we think that he is definitely going to be the best fantasy player from that and if you think he's going to be the best, crop. I'm fine with that. I just don't see what more Jaden Stevenson could have done, averaging 66 as of playing predominantly very deep forward. Again, fantastic player, but haven't seen enough of him yet. And Cam Rayner, he's he's just got such a good pedigree. But would you... Okay, here's the different question then. Would you continue the justification of like a Callum Mills ahead of him, who you haven't seen enough of him being good yet? Again... It's tough, and definitely there would be room for movement, but we are going to wait until the end of the year. Right. For that. It's interesting. But I've got I do, more but, on I, that, so yeah. but don't get me wrong. McCluggage, um, uh, Stevenson, and who was the other? Blakely. Blakely. Blakely was my, one of my guys that I actually had in my original yeah. list, and when we put it all together, he was mm-hmm. edged out. Um, McCluggage is one that Matt had in his original list. When we put it together, McCluggage was mm-hmm. just edged out. Um, and Stevenson was another one that Matt and I both were looking at very, very closely. But there just wasn't enough that we'd seen of it yep. just yet. And again, we're, we're less likely to put in players who were just drafted last year. It's no, got, I understand It's got to be a very yep. special player for that. The last so, one... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead, go the ahead. The last one, he's not in there purely because... I think there is a bit of a question mark on his role. Yep. But Bailey Frisch, if he continues to play on a wing, he shoots up into close to the top 10. Bailey Frisch wasn't actually... But if he plays actually, yeah. forward pocket, then... Very, that, that was the only reason he didn't make yep. it. Because Bailey Fritch 
is a mature body. He has the ability to score so well when mm-hmm. he's on in the midfield. It's just a role thing. And we all know that Dom Tyson is sitting in the wings. Yeah. Uh, and we all know how many good midfielders that they actually have, Melbourne. And I'm just worried that he plays forward like he did on the weekend. Yep. And he's not going to score full goals every week. Initially, I wanted to chuck him in there, but I couldn't find the guy to take out. I did keep Fiorini in there yeah. as much as... Yeah, I didn't want to. So, yeah, th- th- it is tough. And Matt will argue like to the hilt because he loves Braden Fiorini as well. I mean, I own him in a keeper league. But Matt loves Braden Fiorini, so he would. Uh, I think he might have even had him up a little bit higher as well. He might rank. I, I'd have to ask him, but I think he might almost rank Fiorini better than Tom Phillips in the long run, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting. Um, so we'll move on from that Let's question because I think we definitely helped Nick out with that. So the second part of his question was: uh, with the loss of Trelaw and Fife in my midfield in the past two weeks, is there any midfielders you would consider in a deep redraft league? Um, Sam Gibson, Armitage, Trengrove, or Myers as possible options. Um, Do you want to rank those or any you like? All right, I'll rank them. Uh, Sam Gibson is at the bottom of that list. (laughs) Uh, Actually, Trengrove might be close to the bottom of that list as well. Jack Trengrove's bottom for me. because Just because of the job security. Yeah, I think he loses his role. When he's on the park, he seems to... I mean, last week was very good, and he plays well in the sandful as well. So... um, I don't think he has an issue There's with scoring. way too many mouths to feed for me in Port. I cannot see him holding his job at all. Armitage is a good option and Myers is a good option in my opinion. I like I those agree. two. Gibson, no. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, so if you're looking at two players, I'd look at Armo and Myers, Nick. Yep. Um, but for the other two, again, job security with Trengove and Sam Gibson, a little bit of role. It can change week to week. Yeah. And also... He's, he's not a proven commodity that It feels late. weird to agree after our last... Yeah, yeah it um, does. It does. Okay, it feels good. It feels to, good weird. <laughs> if you had to go Armitage or Myers, yeah. I think I'd go Armitage way more way more upside, yeah. but Myers is probably the guy I'd have more faith starting on my field each week. Yeah, yeah, true. I agree. Um, I, I just... Yeah, I don't like tough, either, though. I don't... I mean, obviously, if you've lost Trengrove or Fife. I mean, and also, Nick, um, particularly with Fife, don't get rid of these guys. I'm assuming you're not dropping these guys to the waiver list. Well, Trelaw you'd have to drop, wouldn't you? Well, Trelaw, yeah, Trelaw you probably would drop because if he comes back in, he might only play the grand final week. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Fife is going to come back and play at least two or three games at the end of the year. Yeah. So, and you don't just want that sitting on the waiver wire. Just bench him, leave him deep on your bench and... And bring someone else in for one of the other randos that you have on your uh, on your bench. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully that helps out, Nick. Uh, so we spent a lot of time on those questions. <laughs> so we'll move on quickly. Uh, Craig has a question. Uh, he's wondering in AFL fantasy should I trade Fife to Josh Kelly or Laird? The other option is to trade Guelphy to Menegola and cover Fife this week with Narkel or Sia. Well, cool. that's that. well, I think we're in agreement. You have to trade Fife. Because yes. yeah. there's no point holding him whatsoever because he has to go regardless and he's got the most um, cash dollars of all those guys. Agreed, agreed. So Fife absolutely has to go. Um, and he's wondering to Josh Kelly or Laird. All right, if it was just between those two and you don't... Or to Menegola also. You yes. could just not go... Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so uh, well, he so he could keep Fife and then trade... Well, he could go Fife to Menegola. It's something he hasn't considered also, which yeah, would be true. another interesting move. I, I don't mind that either. Because he's probably a top three forward for me. If if you, if you those are the three guys you're looking at, Craig, because you're looking at Fife... Uh, sorry, you're looking at Kelly, Laird, or Menegola. I know what I would do. What would you do? I would rank them Laird top. Yep. 
because Laird, like we were saying in the first part of the podcast, you can't do anything remotely resembling winning this year it's, if you don't have Laird It's not a point of team. difference not having Laird. It's no. just, it's idiocy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's stupid. So Laird, yep. I mean, obviously, Craig, sorry, I, I know that might sound a little bit abusive. We don't oh, mean no, to be sorry. if you don't it's know just, Laird. Um, but you might have been yeah. one of those players who obviously had him at the start, traded him out for his, this injury period. Which was a great move Which was a good time. move because um, he, his injury did extend a fair yeah. bit. So, but you have to you get need him to get him back. back. Get Laird. Um, so he's number one with a bullet for both yeah. of us. I'd trade Menegola in next, actually. Ahead of Kelly? Ahead of Kelly. I, I reckon <sighs> I I like the idea. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I actually wait, like it too. Wait. Uh, it's I don't tough. think that is. Yeah. It's tough because you're holding on to Guelphie. And Guelphie's break-even is quite high. And he's unlikely to reach that this week. Which But regardless, five has to go. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> let's assume it's five to Kelly or... Yeah, Menegola. What I'm saying is, if you trade five to Menegola, mm. it means that he's keeping oh, gotcha. wealthy, yeah. so he's going to lose a bit of money. Um, but still, even then, I would suggest that yeah, Menegola would probably just be ahead of Kelly for me. A lot of people bought in Josh Kelly a few weeks ago when he was cheaper after that massive downfall in his price. Mm-hmm. He's sort of leveled out a bit in price. And, and he already versed Brisbane and Gold Coast, as we touched on in ex- the first exactly. Po- um, yeah, part. Exactly. He's of got part. a game against West Coast this week. They are a tougher team to mm-hmm. score against. If they can put their, you know, get their shit together and play yeah. well at Optus, which they have done in the past, it might be a tougher game for Josh Kelly. And I Mark like Hutchings that- probably will run with him. Very true. And I think the good thing about Menegola is he's a lock for top six, in yeah. my opinion. Kelly's not a lock for top eight. Agreed. In, as a midfielder. Not not a 100% lock, but mm-hmm. I'd say he'd definitely be closer to there. So for us, I reckon we go Laird, Menegola, and then Kelly. That's our order for who you should be bringing in. Yeah. I actually have a question. Um, oh. Yeah. So this one is from Josiah. And he's saying, I just want to give a shout out to JD and say that I love you. And oh uh, <laughs> what is happening? It's, it's you, a, it's a, you can't do shout-outs <laughs> in your first time on the podcast. I don't even know what's going on. All right, all he's right, saying, continue. is Cornelio a good pickup? So he hasn't had Cornelio all year. Ooh. And he's saying now is the time to get him, is it? He Ooh. likes... Yeah, he likes it a lot. I'm not as sold on it as he is, though. What do you think? Um, I, like I said in the first part, I was worried when Cornelio... Or when Kelly came back into the side for Canelio's scoring ability. Uh, seeing 118 last week was a really positive sign for me. Jeez. So he hasn't had Canelio all year. So I've got a few options that I've jotted down and I'd love to hear who... All right, all right. So, all right, give me some other options and I'll tell you who I'd rate above. So, um, Josh Kelly or Canelio. Canelio is about, I think, about 50k cheaper. Rather have... Canelio's 50k cheaper? Or yeah, I think so. I'd go Canelio. Okay. Canelio or Gaff. Canelio, once again, cheaper. He's about 690. <laughs> He's about 50 cheaper, I think. I'd go Gaff almost. I, yeah. I just love what he's doing this year. And I haven't had him all year. This, I'm yeah. bringing him in this week. Mm-hmm. So this is a completely unbiased statement yeah. in, in saying that Gaff looks a lock this year. So Gaff over Cornelio for me. All right. Then we have Joel Selwood. I think he's about 30, 20K cheaper. Cornelio. Um, then these are guys I'm pretty sure similar around the same price. Yeah, yeah. So Bryce Gibbs or Cornelio? Cornelio. Neil or Cornelio? If you're doing it this week, Cornelia, I'd say uh, on Neil, I'm waiting one more week, just like with Walters, to see what mm-hmm. kind of role and what kind of scoring ability they have. Yeah, when Five was out, I think 2016, Neil dominated. He but did. he hasn't been in, as good since. So. And it's a different team at the moment all with right. all the rookies. A few more. Beams, Cornelia? Cornelia. 
Phillips Canelio. <laughs> That's tough, but Canelio. I mean, Canelio has been almost a lock for top eight yeah. the entire year. He had a couple of down rounds or a couple of poorer rounds. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone sort of backed off a little bit. And his yeah. price has fallen down. He is cheap at the moment. So, to was it JD? JD. Yeah, JD. All right, JD. I'm I'm giving it the tick of approval. Well, last you... option I have. All right, this all right. is the one I would do. I've left it for last. This guy's 50k cheaper than Canelio. So 640-ish. Matt Crouch. That's what I would be doing. Because I think Matt Crouch is a top eight, personally. Mm. I really like Matt Crouch. Um, that's what I would do. You also have the option to down to get Adams. Remember that. Who's considerably cheaper again, which I would also do over getting Canelio. If you want one of that top echelon of guys that, I, that we mentioned before, mm. for me, it's probably Neil, Selwood, or Gaff. That for me, I don't mind any of those, but I yeah. think you're splitting hairs personally. Gaff's top of that list for me, but I like your crouch idea like because probably like JD, if you've been running without Canelio all year, you probably had a fair few other point of differences in your team. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, Cane- yeah, he went Crips over Canelio right at the start of the year. Yeah, so uh, so for me, I, I like the idea of Matty Crouch because mm-hmm. almost every other team above you will have. Canelio, mm-hmm. and you can do what you were talking about earlier, Brody, which is uh, jumping on someone who's a point of difference who you feel very safe with, yeah, hoping that the guy that almost everyone has doesn't do quite as well, and then that you would be able to jump. I don't know if up. ranking's the focus for him because he's more in the Christian mold of you know the the low um, of the, thousands, the, the low. Well, no, no, no the high <laughs> thousands. Excuse me. Um, oh, mate, it's been a hell of a year. <laughs> it's, um, so, so yeah, hopefully that helped out, JD, but. I mean, I like it because he is very cheap. So if this is the week you want him, this is the week to grab him. And GWS are on the up. So I don't mind it at all Yeah, if that's who you Um, want. All right. Uh, We've got a a couple of questions here from Ryan, actually, uh, who's... Uh, so first part is um, in light of your top oh he's another top 20 under 20 uh, in light of your top 20 under 20 what would your top 5 from last year's draft class AFL fantasy wise be I can rapid fire through this oh rapid fire through while it. you think of a few options and what it. you would change go for it alright so honourable mention number 6 I have Jack Higgins yep broke into a Richmond team averaging 60 and forward for his career Love so it. great 5 I have Nick Caulfield hasn't been great mm-hmm. this year but has shown glimpses that he could be a halfback for the foreseeable future for St Kilda. All about team role and structure for yeah. him. And because he, we know what he can do when he's on the park and when he's played in a, uh, a role that's suitable to fantasy yeah. footy. He's probably dropped a bit from where I had him at the start of the year. But he could be the best guy on this list yeah. because he could be a 90 back for you know a long time. Mm-hmm. Four, I had Adam Chera. So this is mainly because of the high upside he's shown in a couple games mm. where he's really stood out this year. Um, really, really classy player. He's played as the loose in the back line a bit, mm. meaning could be defender for a couple of years yep. um, as he matures. And I think there's a midfield spot for him eventually at Freo. Yep. Number three, staying with the midfielders at Freo, Andy Brayshaw. Mm-hmm. Now, Andy Brayshaw has gone 74, 53, 95, and 74 in his last four which I think is very good numbers for a first-year player. Uh, I think he's got... The role is the best for of, of any of the rookies because he is going to be a clearance mid for such a long time for Frio. Mm-hmm. And that you, the role is so important when it comes to these guys. And he's already getting mid-time, which gives you a lot of confidence. Two, Cam Rayner. We've spoken about this a bit on the keeper section already. 
absolute gun, couldn't have really done much more coming in, and he's finding his feet even more so now with Brisbane improving. Um, he's gone at 79 in his last four, so that's a brilliant average for a first-year yeah, player. Great. And number one, I've already touched on this guy, I think Jaden Stevenson's an absolute gun, so he's my number one. I think he's just about a lock for the rising star. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Great list. All right. Um, so just having a little bit of a, a think about it, and uh, for those of you who aren't aware... Um, Actually, back at the start of the year, uh, this year or the end of last year, I put together my rankings for... Uh, it was it was a mock draft, yep. actually, before last year's AFL draft. So I poured over a lot of underage statistics, a lot of underage footage, uh, watching some of the players, you know, at um, uh, TAC Cup level, um, under-18 championships. So I put a lot more thought in for players in their first and second years towards what they showed at underage level mm-hmm. because it does take time for AFL players to build into their bodies. So with that in mind, my list is a little bit different to yours. That's and no I do worries. And I do give some precedence to what players have shown at underage level. Um, now, I have gone honourable mention to Luke Davies Uniaki, uh, who obviously has shown beyond nothing this year, <laughs> but... And I understand that uh, a lot of people's opinion of what I'm about to say is because, yes, he had that big body as a youngster. He was ready for AFL football, um, and he dominated youngsters as a result of I that. I feel like when you're saying more people will say that, that that's just that's what I've you, said that's to you. you. <laughs> yeah. But he is a class footballer. He's a skilled distributor as well. He's a big... Uh, a being a big body player, having a few more years in the gym, he'll be a good overhead mark as well. Mm-hmm. It'll be very interesting to see. I mean, he might even get mid-forward status at some stage in his career. He is that good or was that good at underage level at pushing up into the forward line after leaving the center clearance. So, um, you know, it could be a little bit of Tom Rockliffe about him. If there was any other player I would compare LDU to, it would be Tom Rockliffe. So we'll see what happens there. He's my honorable mention. Number five is Nick Caulfield, mm-hmm. but for all the same reasons that you just said. Again, really, it's about team role structure. It's really hard to say. Number four, I've actually slot, uh, slotted in Paddy Dow. Yeah, he was a close lot, to mine. A lot of people forget about Paddy Dow because, yes, he's playing for Carlton. It's really hard to score in that team, and it's, it's just a tough environment to come into. Um uh, but Paddy Dow has a lot of class. Um, there, there is a lot of good things that this kid can do, and he's mm. going to be a great player. Um, number three, Andy Brayshaw. Uh, I mean, you've just mentioned all the good things about Andrew Brayshaw. I don't need to say much more about that. Um, but, I mean, you can obviously tell who two of my other players are going to be, so I feel like I have to explain why... And uh, Ad- It's Adam Chera, isn't it? Uh, not yeah. Andrew Chera, yeah. Why Adam Chera hasn't made the list, because it's pretty obvious, again, who the first two are going to be. <laughs> um, I I saw a lot of him at underage level, and he just didn't seem to be a massive accumulator. And I know that he's proving that wrong slightly at the moment, but there are so, men, so much midfield talent who are very young at Fremantle, and I'm just worried about what his consistent scoring level will oh, be. interesting. I got a counterpoint in a sec, but go yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, I, I worry about what his con- level of consistency will be. I also worry about whether he will stay at Fremantle. He's one of the few players who's mm. actually put off signing a yep. contract. And almost every single 18-year-old out there, or 19-year-old, 
Si- uh, when stop, stop. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Almost every single one in their first year, if they're offered a contract extension of even one or two years, they'll sign it right away. Yeah. I, ha- I don't even remember hearing about a 19-year-old putting off contract yeah, it negotiations. Me. It worries me a lot. And if that happens... I'm I'm worried about development. I'm worried about what role he would fit into a new team. It there's just a lot of stuff up in the air for Adam Chera, and these other guys showed me a bit more at underage level. However, don't get me wrong, he is a fantastic fantasy talent. I'm I'm just not quite sure where he will develop. Yeah, just on that, mm. you you said that Freo have a lot of talented midfielders, yeah. or, or young midfielders for that. I, I don't think they do. I yeah. think they have there's Fife, Neil, Brayshaw, mm. Chera. Yeah, I don't I don't rate. Uh, Banfield that high or Giro that high or uh, I mean Mundy's about to move on I don't think there's anyone for clearance mid minutes who's mm-hmm. really going to fight for him long term the other thing is he See, actually I think Blakely moves back into the midfield I honestly don't because mm. they have a lot of halfbacks I, that could happen. And, and one of the reasons why Blakely wasn't in our top 20 list was because we honestly feel that Blakely will be playing center clearance. Fair there. enough. But as a Fremantle supporter, I rate Chera's talent ahead of Blakely's. I do as well. And I, I also do. Chera actually averaged... Um, I remember looking... I was combing through the stats so hard because that's the only thing I had to look forward to yep. as a Fremantle supporter <laughs> last year. Chera actually averaged in the championships more disposals than Davies Uniac, Dow, and Brayshaw. You can mm. fact check that. Oh, he absolutely but did, yeah. I don't know about at Tac Cup level. He might have he, he had less at, at Yeah, those. He, he did average less at those. And the Tac Cup does go for longer than yep. the championships as so, well. So it's it's really, really tough to say because, they again, these guys are very young. Mm-hmm. And like when you ask for these rankings, like we say, if you ask me in two weeks' time, they might change again. So, I mean, if Chera has another two amazing games or something like that, he could very easily come into number three or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, what order would you have Rayner and Stevenson? Rayner opposite, one? Opposite yeah, to you. Yeah, no worries. So, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, we've obviously talked about this yeah. a little bit earlier, but again, I just, I love everything I see from Cam Rayner. And, and I didn't rank him particularly highly in my mock draft. Mm. I ranked both LDU and I think also Paddy Dow just ahead of him. Because I loved what I'd seen from those guys at underage level. But Cam Rayner is fantastic. He has shown... I actually... A lot of people um, compared him to Dusty when he first yeah. came in. I, and I, I think that was the most apt comparison. But I saw, also saw a bit of Christian Petrarca in him. A little he's, bit, yeah. um, But, gee, he's he's done as well as Petrarca did in his... Well, second year it was for Petrarca, but he had an ACL first. So, yeah. and, and, gee, I think he could have a very similar trajectory. Except he's shown more fantasy chops. So, Agreed. Yeah, great. Great yeah. pick. Um, all right. So second half of Ryan's question is, he was wondering, uh, would you be bringing in both Sia and Narkel, even if you have the cash, uh, to only do one downgrade and then bring in a premium? So um, it would mean one more rookie on the field. So he's wondering, does he save up for another week, make that war chest even bigger than it mm-hmm. already is with a couple of rookie downgrades, uh, and then look to bring in maybe two premiums next week? My my question to Ryan would be, what are you prioritizing? Yeah, ranking or league win? Good uh, at the end, sorry, league win at the end of the year. Because mm. I think you would agree with me, if you're going for the win at the end, make your team as good as it will be in six weeks or eight weeks time. Yep, and that would be by doing the double downgrade now to make more cash in the long term. I I completely agree. With ranking. This you want as many points as possible. You can still get sufficient cash and get a good player in the process. Yep. That's where you go one of them. Which one would you go? Um, I would go Sia. I really liked what I saw. 
I know that his job security is probably slightly lower because Narkel just showed that bit of X factor and the Cats could really mm-hmm. use that in the run home. But Trelaw's injury was big. Sia showed a lot in this game, so I don't think they'll be dropping him because they, yep. that spot has opened up. Do you think his job security is better than Narkel's? No, I'm saying jobs, Narkel's is probably better than Sia's. Okay. But I think Sia will be a better scorer. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's apples and oranges, but mm-hmm. I would just go Sia ahead. Yeah, um, Narkel looked better this week. He played, he could <coughs> not have played much better. Um, Narkel was fantastic. No, but, there, but this was just from a fantasy point of view for Sia. Yeah. Like Sia, and I'm with you. I think he's going to be a better fantasy player. For, um, for the next few weeks, as opposed to Narco, who, again, is kind of like that Liam Ryan-type rookie, who yep. he'll have that amazing like 80-point, 85-point game. But if he doesn't get those X-Factor moments, uh, he might put together a 45-point game. The crazy thing about Narco is he started quite a few centre-bounce attendances with yeah, Geelong's, like, so many midfielders they have there. I really like that, but I think you got to go see her. I'm with I'm with you on this one. Yeah. Um, I think both are great options, though. Yeah, if, I mean, if you wanted to, I don't mind it. So if I was to play one of them on the field, it would mm-hmm. be Sia on the field. Yeah. So if you want to do a double drown grade this week because you don't have any other major issues, get a bunch of cash and then do two massive upgrades the next week. If you have a couple in mind that you want to upgrade, I like it. I, I don't mind it at all. So I think that's a definitely a good option. Um, Perfect. Yeah, and I think because we've spent quite a while answering these questions, um, unless you've got any other questions yourself. Well, mate, I was then... going to send in one question before. The oh, you podcast, were going to send in a question, and then I got a last, you know, a bit of. You got a last minute, minute call, call up. up. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I, I, the question I was going to send in was really: if you're at the top of the ladder, the middle of the ladder, and the bottom of the ladder, what yeah. should you be doing in a year-long redraft league All right. from this point forward? All right. And the first thing that came to my mind is the way to improve your team is trading or I looked at guys who had injuries mm-hmm. and I felt if you're vying for finals, well, I'm answering my own question to an extent now, should you be trading away guys who are injured? And if you're at the top of the ladder and already made finals, I felt you probably should be bringing those in if they're going to be good to go. Yeah, I yeah I agree with both of those points. So, so um, basically, uh, so if you're at the top of the ladder and you're saying if you have injuries, what are you doing with those players? You want to hold those players. You want to hold those players, absolutely. If you're going to make top two or top four or whatever it if is. If you're in yeah. the bottom, I think it's pretty obvious to say that you know towards the bottom half or even in the middle, you can trade those players mm-hmm. to some of the top guys. You may not get market value, but there's not a chance you're going to be making finals yeah. without some of those guys performing well. And yet, it hurts to trade away some of these top guys to, guys, mm-hmm. to players in your league who are already performing well. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you've just got to take what you can get in order to try and push up the ladder and make finals. Because when you're in finals, who knows what can happen? Yep. That's all you've got to do. Your priority is to make finals at the so moment. So I've just got a few names that I've jotted down quickly. I'll rattle yep. off. Yep. Um, let me know, if you were a top team, would you be targeting these guys? Gotcha. All right. So David Zaharakis. David Zaharakis, I would absolutely be targeting. Because he comes yeah. back in three that, weeks, four yeah, weeks? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I would definitely be targeting And Zaharakis. also say, if you were a, a team vying for finals, would you hold any of these guys anyway? So, um, Suckling, trade, would you bring him in if you were a top team? Mm, I'm not as tempted, yeah. because Achilles is a bit of a worry for me. That can be a tricky to come back from. So. And they're not in finals contention. Yeah, so no, so no. no. Nat Fife. Nat Fife. So it's round 16 now. Four or five weaker. Four or five weaker. He's coming back round 21 to Which 20. Which is probably first week of finals for most people. Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't give up too much, but I would I would definitely target Nat 5. Toby Green. 
oh, no, no, because he hasn't been on the park and who knows what his fitness is like. So no, I wouldn't overly go. If you if you're a team who has held Toby Green all year, like myself in redraft league, don't get rid of him. I mean, mm. he might come back on the park and do something for you, and all you're getting in a trade is like you know cents on the dollar. So. You kind of have to hold him if you own Toby Green, and I wouldn't overly go out and look for a trade either. If, yeah. So, if uh, someone comes to you with a good <coughs> offer and someone you think is a good upgrade on one of your players yeah, on field, it, take it. Yeah, do it. Yeah, absolutely. But right. um, yeah, I I just can't see the upside in mm-hmm. like, someone bringing Toby Green in if you don't already yeah. own him. Um, the risk is too great. So, right. any others on that list? Yeah, that you have? three more. So, right. Grant Birchall. No. Basher Hawley. Yes. Yeah, I like Basher Hawley. Yep. And Jack Darling. Oh, He's no. An interesting no, one. that's that's interesting because that was a massive run of epic scoring mm. based on like all Australian contention. Like he's still somehow in all Australian contention despite <laughs> having not played for 3 or 4 weeks. Um I, that's how good it was. I don't think it'll translate and be exactly the same when he comes back in because a lot of that probably would have been a confidence thing. Yeah. And his confidence will be shaken by this injury. So, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't go out and target Jack Darling because you will be paying a bit more for him with the average that he had um, as a forward. You know? It's, yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 I probably wouldn't be targeting Jack I think I, I was pretty similar to most of yours. I just think the only one I would, uh, only thing I would say, if you're a struggling team, I think Hawley's like a week or two away. Hold him at this point because you yep. probably won't get proper value. And... Yeah, I kind of agree with your Toby Green one, although I think on the injury list it's starting to whittle down a bit. So if someone pays you close to market value, I'd snap. Like, I'd bite the hand off yeah, and take that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I like that. Well, uh, well, that's, we the, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks, a- <laughs> yeah, thanks again for joining us, mate. It's a marathon pod. It always is. You filled in for us last year at one stage, and you, uh, we, we, we ended up sitting down and talking for close on, to two yeah, hours. Two times, twice a year. we got to make the most of it. Absolutely, But mate. it's not going to help, help your sore throat at No, all. it's <laughs> Definitely isn't, but I'm going to rest that up for next week. Matt will be back in the studio and we'll be able to go over everything from this round coming up. So from me and Brody here in the studio, we'd like to wish you all a great weekend of fantasy footy and hopefully your premium players get up and your rookies make you some cash. Let's look at the